Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like you said, he's on his rookie deal. He was a second-round pick from the 49ers in 2020. I don't know. I People can talk about what the Bears gave up all they want and argue that this is a horrible move and blah, blah, blah. And I just don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't care because we get to see Justin Fields operate with more weapons. And that, that is the ultimate positive, right? That is the ultimate positive. So I don't want to hear anything else. The most active team at the NFL's trade deadline was your Chicago Bears. We're here to cover it all. There's a lot to get to. We'll be breaking it down throughout the show. But first and foremost, it's the Bears Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by Alyssa Barbieri, the managing editor of USA Today's Bears Wire. And Alyssa, we're still in recovery mode from obviously the wildest trade deadline day I've ever seen across the board, but it's got to be the wildest deadline day you've ever covered uh, you know, with somebody who's covering the Bears, right? That, I mean, Tuesday must have been just absolute insanity for you. Yeah, and even Monday too, because when... When the Bears traded Roquan, I was actually in the car on the way to go to the store because I thought, hey, you know, maybe maybe nothing's going to happen. But as as it usually does, when I'm in a car or when I'm trying to go somewhere, that's when news happens. So I pulled over on the side of the road, caught it up on my phone. I mean, it, that's it, it's insanity. That's what the trade deadline is. I will not do that next year just in case. Uh, but yeah, the whole Monday and Tuesday between Roquan and Chase Claypool, it was absolute insanity it's safe to say i had not moved from my desk i had my my fingers have not stopped typing for the last three days it's just it's just absolutely crazy and, and we're, we're learning we're learning we can't move when ryan polls is the gm you just don't know what's coming he no. will just he'll just switch from a buyer to a seller and then to, to, to like or, or vice versa <laughs> listen you just never know what's coming he has no tells we just don't know what he's gonna do so uh that's where we're starting the bears new gm obviously he aggressively stocked up on draft capital he dealt away, uh, you know, star defensive players, Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. We haven't talked about Robert Quinn yet because that happened right after we recorded last week, Alyssa. So we're going to get to Robert Quinn uh, coming up here in a little bit. Uh, and then he kind of, this is the stunner for me. He kind of left us all stunned, I thought, by sending the Bears, uh, or so, I'm sorry, sending the Bears' own second round pick. So not the one they acquired from uh, Baltimore in a previous trade. It was their own pick, which you know, we'll probably be in the top 45, maybe even better because again, you're tearing it down on defense. You're trading all your star talent away on defense and they make that move for Chase Claypool, a wide receiver. So we got to start there. I think Alyssa, we're going to get to Roquan. We're going to get to Robert's uh, Robert Quinn, but let's start with Claypool because I thought this one was really fun, right? We've how, how many times have we got on here and we were just like, we got to get Justin Fields more weapons. We can't really evaluate him. What, what are we supposed to do here? Well, in, this, in the same kind of stretch here where Fields is kind of ascending and playing his best football, now we add an actual NFL wide receiver, and I think that's what Chase Claypool is. A big, fast, physical NFL wide receiver. And we can put him in there, and we can. And now we got something cooking with Claypool on one side and Darnell Mooney on the other. What's, just give me your leadoff take on Claypool, a bear. I mean, the move, it, it shocked me because like you said, you know, 
we were envisioning Ryan Poles just kind of selling off, you know, all these assets, you know, that probably weren't going to be here next year and trying to, uh, you know, accumulate that draft capital. And so for him to go out and make a move to get Chase Claypool, I loved it. Because, like you said, I mean, we now get Justin Fields, an actual NFL wide receiver outside of Darnell Mooney. Um, And it's a move that, to me, really said that Ryan Poles is prioritizing Justin Fields and he has confidence in Justin Fields being the franchise quarterback. And, I mean, there's a lot, like you said, to love about Claypool. You know, he is that big-bodied receiver. He's going to stretch the field vertically. You know, he his specialty is, you know, being a deep threat. And, you know, we forget because we haven't seen a lot of that from Justin Fields this season because the passing game has been just abysmal. That Fields throws a hell of a deep ball. And that's that was his strength in college. And, you know, he has, even in the NFL – you know, his deep ball stats are pretty impressive. So, I mean, going out and getting Claypool, I was really, really happy with that. And I think perhaps even the biggest reason, which is something that Ryan Poles even hinted at uh, or addressed actually directly in his press conference, was that when the 2023 offseason, which let's be real, Bears fans, that's where we are right now, right? It's about fields and building around him and rebuilding this roster And when you look to 2023 and you look at the free agent class of receivers and there's are just no big names there. And that's something that polls it. He said he was doing a little bit of forecasting down the road and he really didn't feel comfortable with what was available for him there. So going out and getting Chase Claypool for a second round pick. And yes, it was the Bears second round pick and not the Ravens. So obviously that's a much higher pick. Uh, But at the same time, I have no issue with it because Ryan Poles went out and he made a move for his quarterback. And this is a move that's going to help fields immediately this season. And you get Claypool for another year and a half on his rookie deal. I mean, I'm really excited about the move because I feel like they had to make it. And I think it also helps too, when you look ahead to the draft, you know, now that you have a receiver opposite Mooney and Claypool, you know, perhaps you really change the focal point and who you prioritize and which position in the draft. So maybe you go out and you maybe address defense or you get an offensive lineman, you know, with that first round pick. Uh, and I wasn't, I think the criticism for it is the pick that the Bears gave up, which it, you know, being their own second round pick that very well could be a top 40 pick. But at the same time, you know, there's something on Twitter I saw today where it listed all of the Bears receivers that they drafted in the second round. And the only one that really hit was Alshon Jeffrey. And so why not go out and use that second round pick that you have, the extra one, right? Because you have two now after the Roquan trade and use that to get a legitimate receiver who you know is good and you know fits this offense and you know that will pair well with Justin Fields. So I love the move. I mean, there's a lot of criticism and, you know, rightfully so. But again, because this felt like Ryan Poles really prioritizing the offense and Justin Fields. I'm all for it. Yeah, I, l- I love the way you put that. Prioritizing Fields over, you know, the defense, shifting the focus from defense to offense. That's really what's happening here. You're tearing down the defense. You're trading. You traded Khalil Mack in the offseason. You traded Robert Quinn. You traded Roquan. And then you acquired Claypool for a, a high second round pick, which was aggressive. It wasn't aggressive, sure. I mean, the Bears paid what the Carolina Panthers wanted Alyssa for DJ Moore, right? That's what the Texans wanted for Brandon cooks. and ultimately didn't get that's, you know, that's, that's a high price to pay. Uh, it is. And, and the bears made it, but, um, and, and another reason why it's aggressive is because, and, and why this is kind of a lightning rod topic for people 
and why it's fun to talk about is because Claypool is an interesting character. He is. He's he's been a player who has some he's had some on and off the field issues with the Steelers. His maturity has been questioned quite a bit. He was in a bar fight, I think, one offseason. He had a very unflattering viral moment where um, this is when Ben Roethlisberger was quarterback. He was on a potential game-winning drive. Clock's running down. The Steelers are out of timeouts. It's just one of those situations where you got to have it. Fourth down, Roethlisberger hits Chase Claypool for the first down. And instead of doing that thing where you you grab the football, Alyssa, you run it to the referee, you you hurry up and spike the football. No, Claypool was too busy dancing and celebrating the first down and pointing and doing the thing, you know, doing a signature move after the first down. It's like, oh, man, what are you doing? And he got all kinds of flack for that. Never mind some stuff like with ill-timed penalties. And he's kind of a wild card in post-game interviews. He'll, you know, we'll, we'll have some fun with that. I'm sure we'll be listening to what he says after the game. And, and again, he's a borderline number one guy. I mean, Deontay Johnson's kind of the number one guy in Pittsburgh. So all of that plays into it, and I just don't care. <laughs> I don't care about any of that, Alyssa. Again, you nailed it. I don't care. I don't care. You you hit on this. The Bears, like, they need a top receiver. They needed somebody to compliment Darnell Mooney, and the free agent class is just, there's nothing there. I mean, Ryan Poles has the foresight here. I mean, unless you really like Jacoby Myers, and, and I do. He's a patriot. Uh, I like Jacoby Myers, but when Jacoby Myers is one of the best receivers available at free agency – that kind of tells you something, right? And I don't know like, if there's like really top-end rookie talent coming out of the draft either that are like surefire talents, like a Jalen Waddle, like we're going to see here uh, against Miami here coming up. We'll be talking about that game. It's foresight. You're getting a player who you, you got film on, pro film. He's been productive, physical, downfield. I mean, the contested catches this guy makes are just unbelievable, you know, so... I don't know if you can keep his head screwed on straight, Alyssa. It doesn't cost you that much in terms of contract. Like you said, he's on his rookie deal. He was a second round pick from the 49ers in 2020. I don't know. I People can talk about what the Bears gave up all they want and argue that this is a horrible move and blah, blah, blah. And I just don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't care because we get to see Justin Fields operate with more weapons. And that that is the ultimate positive, right? That is the ultimate positive. So I don't want to hear anything else. No, you know, you hit the nail on the head, too. I mean, because that's the thing. How often have we been talking about this season how we can't truly evaluate Justin Fields because he doesn't have a lot around him. Over and over. And he's still over and over. And now you go out and you get him another receiver that's going to help stretch the field and be another deep threat, like alongside Mooney. And I think Claypool, he spoke in his press conference uh, uh, today or on Wednesday when it happened. Um, and he was talking about how he believes uh, he and Darnell Mooney can be a dynamic duo. And like, just, it, it's exciting to envision having both of those weapons. And obviously, the concern is still the offensive line and protecting Justin Fields. But, you know, it's been exciting to kind of see what Fields has been able to do despite that, kind of like Joe Burrow did, you know, in that Super Bowl year. So, I mean, you kind of, when, when you have the ability to, to move around like Fields does, and you really see him, he has that swagger even talking about and that confidence and, you know, get, giving him someone like Chase Claypool is only going to make him better. So I think it's really big, you know, that they go out and they get someone that's going to help make the evaluation a little bit easier on Justin Fields. And you want to know what else, Ryan? The fact that the Bears got him from, I mean, like the Packers were about to swoop in and get him. Sure. And the fact that the Bears landed Claypool and snatched him out of the hands of the Packers. Oh, my goodness. It's so much sweeter. And just go down the line. The, the Steelers can draft receivers. I mean, Deontay Johnson, they developed him. They developed Antonio Brown, drafted and developed him before he lost his mind. 
you know, George Pickens looks like a player. Like, in, and I know you loved him coming out of the draft, but they got him in the second round. I mean, they just do this over and over. I feel good going and getting a receiver from the Steelers because they know how to evaluate and develop, and they their receivers are always good, the Steelers. So, yeah, there's a lot to like there. We like to chase Claypool moves. How do we feel about Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith? We haven't gotten the weigh-in on those yet. Jalen Johnson sounded off a little bit on those moves. We'll talk about that and all of it coming up right after we set our fantasy lineups with the huddle.com. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number nine. Tennessee is one of the few sources for a viable streaming option in a week with six teams on bye. There just isn't a great pool to deal with here on most waiver wires. Tannehill sat last week with an ankle injury and illness, but he has a good chance to return this week. Kansas City offers the best matchup of the slate in week nine, and over the last five games, quarterbacks have averaged 27.5 fantasy points. That's 38.4% higher than the league average over that time. Every quarterback but Matt Ryan has gone into the 20-plus point territory against the Chiefs, and in the event rookie Malik Willis has to start, he's a risk-reward play here that could be in some lineups. Green Bay Packers running back A.J. Dillon at the Detroit Lions. No matter how many handles Dillon has seen since week one's 20.1 point fantasy teaser, the results just haven't been there. He hasn't made it back into double-digit PPR points in seven straight games, and he has not scored since week one. If there were ever a week in which Dillon warranted a lineup gamble, this opportunity is worth testing it out. Detroit has given up the third most rushing yards and eighth highest scoring frequency to the position in the last five weeks. Six teams being on their bye amplifies the worthiness of this dice roll. Drake London, Atlanta Falcons versus Los Angeles Chargers. This is another risky one. Five weeks in a row without a touchdown and no more than 7.5 PPR points has made London basically unplayable. The Chargers return from a bye week without their best cornerback who was lost for the year. The matchup is statistically low-volume TD-dependent in his profile. London has the best chance in several weeks of returning to the end zone, though he is a risky play based on limited counting stats and a run-heavy offense. Robert Tunyon, tight end, Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions. We're going back to the well here one more time for this matchup. Five receptions a week ago resulted in just 35 yards and no scores, extending Tunyon's lack of touchdowns to four straight outings. He should snap that skid with a trip to Motown to rough up a defense that has given up a score to tight ends every five and a half catches over the last five weeks, and only the Raiders have been weaker at defending the position. Tunyon should be among the best streaming options of the week in which gamers will be scrambling for help. This has all of the hallmarks of a get-right game for the struggling Packers. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at typico sportsbook for a limited time new typico sportsbook users in colorado and new jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast that's usatodaybet.com slash podcast see typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in new jersey 1-800-522-4700 in colorado All right, now we're switching gears to the defensive side of the football. I guess we'll have to talk about one of our one of our only players that's left, Jalen Johnson. He's like the last man standing, Alyssa. And uh, he kind of sounded off a little bit on the Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith trades. Uh, he was talking to the Parkins and, and Spiegel show, the podcast. Uh, I'll just read a little bit of, of what he said. Quote, it's hard to put into words what my reaction was. When big things like that happen, I really don't have a reaction. It's more of a series of thoughts. I felt his value throughout this organization. He's talking about Roquan here specifically. Um, I thought his value throughout this organization, not only on the field, he's, he's not anybody that can be replaced. 
we lost a big thing today. Uh, so that's that's just some of what Jalen said about Roquan getting traded. Um, you know, you forget that, and I'm sure this is hard for Ryan Poles too. These are these are really good players that have you know sway and clout in the locker room, right? Alyssa, these are leaders on the team. These are just these are good NFL players. This is why they were coveted at the deadline. So there's a personal piece of this. You know, the Bears just lost a couple of their leaders um, on the defensive side of the football, and this is coming. You know, just a little bit ago. We saw Roquan like breaking down at the podium with reporters as he learned in real time that Robert Quinn had been traded, right? So you kind of get reminded of the the personal human aspect of these deals too, right? This is it's an interesting time for the Bears locker room as they kind of recover from these huge moves. I mean, Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith traded for picks. I mean, that those are huge, huge moves that Ryan Poles just made. Yeah, it's huge because you lost not only the two best defensive players. You lost two of the biggest defensive leaders on that team. They were both captains yeah. who have since been replaced by Eddie Jackson and Justin Jones. But, you know, that that's a huge loss. Like you said, the personal aspect of it, you know, Ryan Poles said in, you know, he had two different press conferences, one after the Quinn trade and then one after the trade deadline yesterday. And he said in both of those, you know, he understands the, the, the personal impact. And, you know, he actually had a sit down meeting with some of the Bears leaders and they really talked it out. He even sat down with Roquan and they were talking about, you know, why it's being made, and, you know, the whole it being a business, the fact that, you know, the Bears and Roquan Smith really couldn't find common ground on a contract extension. And just really kind of, you know, having the, you know, those leaders in the room and and talking through it. And I'm sure, you know, there was a lot of conversation from from both ends um, and how they're gonna have to step up too in their absence. So I mean. Yeah, it, it's huge. I mean, you lose the talent, but you also lose the leaders. And this is a young roster. <laughs> we forget that, you know, Eddie Jackson's now, you know, like the senior in the room. So, yes. I mean, it, it, it's a huge loss uh, for this defense. And, you know, you kind of saw, I mean, I don't want to blame like what happened last week with the Cowboys on like Quinn's loss. But I mean, you 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 miss him coming off the edge, like his his talent. And I'm sure that you know, that was a bit of a shock for the team and him leaving. And now Roquan's gone too. And you have two of these, these defensive stars that are gone and, you know, leaders that, you know, they were helping the younger guys in the team and, you know, you have to move on. Right. And that's what Jalen Johnson was also talking about. Like now he is going to use this as an opportunity to step up and be one of those defensive leaders. Now that two of the biggest are gone. Yeah. He's going to have to, right. And I know you were writing about, you know what the linebacking core is going to look like now. It's going to look a lot different, right? I know the the Bears yeah. got AJ Klein back from the Ravens, um, so we'll see. You know, so Ryan Poles isn't completely abandoning the position here, uh, but I think you know the Robert Quinn move uh, that one happened uh, before the weekend, right? Robert Quinn, and so I think we've had time to process that one. I, I think that one you've talked about that plenty on the podcast, Alyssa, right? Throughout the season, like you've been you've been bringing that one up. That's that's been an ongoing topic. We kind of saw that one coming. The Roquan one was more, it was kind of more up in the air, right? Um, we we knew they were having a hard time coming to grips on the contract talks, but uh, and then now we found out that it was just stuck in the mud and they weren't going to get it done. But uh, you know, do do you think the Roquan one was a little bit more shocking than the Robert Quinn trade? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was kind of beating drum for them to trade Quinn before the deadline because you know there were reports coming out that now nah, they were. They were content keeping Quinn on the team. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense with what Ryan Poles is trying to accomplish here, you know, and rebuilding this roster from the ground up. So, I mean, when they made that trade, it, it 
I mean, it's a trade that probably should have happened in the offseason, probably would have gotten back a little bit more than they did now. But at the same time, it had to happen, and it did. But like you said, the Roquan one was was shocking. Um, let me flip that. I wasn't shocked, but I was surprised by it because it's a move that made sense when you think about how both how you know Ryan Poles is talking about how bummed he was because he thought Roquan was going to be with the team for a very long time. You know, he's that foundational player on defense. But at the same time, they really couldn't find common ground when it came to a contract extension. So really did, I mean, that's the thing. Even when they were like, okay, we're going to, you know, table contract talks, you know, because the season's starting, you know, the Bears had the option to franchise him, obviously, you know, if he were to to finish this year, uh, next year. But at the same time, knowing that, those two sides are so far apart and that they probably would never get to a place where they needed to, to keep him here long-term. Coles did the smart thing and he, he got, he got, you know, a couple of valuable draft picks for him. And he was able, because he got that one second round pick from the Ravens, you know, he was able to use the their second round pick to go out and get people. So, and like you said, the shifting of, you know, the shifting of a philosophy from building the defense up to building the offense up. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Poles doing work. He's here to work, right? He's, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's making tough, tough decisions, trading really good players. Uh, so Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith traded for a second, a fourth, and a fifth, right? So three picks they got back for those two players. Let, let's leave it there. This is not the last we'll be talking about this. We'll, I'm sure we'll be coming back to it throughout as we continue talking about the team in, in future weeks here, Alyssa, future episodes. The compensation. Are you good for are you good with the compensation the Bears got back? Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, even with like the Quinn one, I think they would have gotten more if they had traded him before the season, like around the drafts. But that was, you know, a risk that Ryan Poles took and, you know, waiting a little bit to trade him. And with Roquan, you know, I, I'm satisfied. I mean, he's an off the ball linebacker. I don't know how much you're going to get because um, then you also have to when you're taking him on, there's the, you know, signing him to a contract extension too, that another team is going to have to make. Um, And the fact that they were able to kind of, I mean, it's not the exact pick, but the fact that they were able to flip a pick to go out and get Claypool is also something that I think was important. So, I mean, I think I'm, I'm good with the compensation again, probably could have gotten more for Quinn in the off season because, you know, he did get off to a little bit of a rough start this season. And, you know, it's interesting that when they traded, you know, Roquan that he, was coming off his worst game of the year, you know, against the Cowboys, which is very uncharacteristic for him. So, but he's still one of the best linebackers in the league. I think he's going to be a real asset for that, for that Ravens defense. And I don't know, though part of me is now like, I have to root against the Ravens because I need that (laughs) second round pick to be as low as possible. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. (laughs) But you, you want to, I mean, he's in a good situation over there. They got a good team. uh, The Ravens do. So, uh, yeah, it just it just goes back to that just that perfect point you made, and you just made it so like concise and clear for us, Alyssa. The 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 focus is shifting by Ryan Poles in this new regime. The focus is shifting from defense to offense, and it's shifting to the young quarterback and helping him develop and succeed. And this move they made for Claypool is with foresight into next season and the plan for next season and beyond. So. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more on fields. He continues to ascend. Uh, the Bears lost this game to the Cowboys. Oh, oh, yeah, there was a game against the Cowboys, Alyssa. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, we for, kind of forget about this game against the Cowboys. Yeah, there's a game. Uh, and, and while it was a, a loss for the Bears, and at, at points it wasn't looking good, 
Fields continues to show us something. He continues to ascend. He's playing some of the best football of his career right now, probably the best. So we'll talk about that a little bit and also start breaking down Bears, Dolphins. Uh, the Bears are, are dogs at home, but not by as much as you might think. <laughs> we'll get into that right after this advice from the Bet Slippin' Podcast. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Be sure to check us out and our sportsbook for our Typico Sportsbook out. Typico is a fast and easy global sports betting leader and is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting, and new users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. You have to be 21 plus, and you can see the site for details. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That said, the game of the week is the Baltimore Ravens at the New Orleans Saints, and the way to play this game is the under 48.5. The Saints are coming into this game with the league's worst turnover margin, while the Ravens rank 22nd in plays per game. This should be a slow game with the Saints' strength in the run game, countering the Ravens' main weapon offensively, Lamar Jackson. Demario Davis is also the perfect linebacker to tame Jackson. And similarly, the Saints will be going against one of the best secondaries in the league and should struggle to move the ball quickly. Play the under 48 and a half. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Alyssa, let's start with uh, Justin Fields. Um, the last two weeks, right? So the Monday night game against the Patriots where the Bears shocked the entire world and left me in, in, you know, in shambles. You know, I am a Patriots fan. I'm still recovering from that game. Uh, at least the Patriots beat the Jets. I feel better about it. But Fields just balls out in that ball game, uh, just outclasses the Patriots, outclasses Bill Belichick. You know, Bill Belichick did make Zach Wilson look like a freaking moron in that game last week, Alyssa, right? I mean, Zach, Zach Wilson's throwing interceptions left and right. The Jets are claiming to be this great team. They're 5-2. and two. No, 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 no. They got Belichick. But that didn't happen to Justin Fields. It didn't happen to him. He played really well in that game, and he, and he beat the Patriots on the road. We're, I mean, that's what, what a performance. He kind of backed it up again against the Cowboys, right? We talked about it last week. The Cowboys have a very, very tough defense. Their speed on defense is ridiculous. They they should have been able to match up with Fields a little bit better, you know, especially with him running out of the pocket and stuff like that. But Fields showed you stuff. In the pocket, outside the pocket, he continues to look more comfortable and confident, and that is that is a good a good sign, right? I, I keep using that phrase. He continues to ascend before our eyes, and and now we're adding Claypool to the mix, but... What have you seen from this kid now uh, in back-to-back games and especially against Dallas? Yeah, I'm really impressed because now we're starting to see him stack positive performances, which is something that we've talked about. We want to see him continue to, like you said, continue to ascend and to get better. And the fact that he was able to do this in back-to-back weeks against Bill Belichick, right, like he mentioned, and a top three Cowboys defense and you had Micah Parsons all week kind of being like, I'm faster than Fields. You know, he's yes, by yes. me. And Fields just like, <laughs> so funny. I was like, but then he still went out there and impressed. And I think I'm even more impressed by the Cowboys performance than the Patriots one. Because, you know, looking back at the Patriots game, you know, that's when we finally saw those design quarterback runs and him like Luke Getty being like, oh, wait, 
I have a running quarterback. He can shred defenses. Let's use this, right? And the fact that he was able to do this against a top three defense in the Cowboys and the offensive line still struggled. You know, he was able to, it reminded me of Joe Burrow a little bit and how he's kind of come, you know, during the Super Bowl season last year and how he was kind of still impressing despite the offensive line, really giving him no time. And you're seeing that Fields, Fields has the star quality. He has the it factor that, you know, Bears fans really were hoping for. And that's why everyone was so excited when he was drafted. And you're seeing him go out there. And this is, again, he's what now? That was start 18, right? So he's now started a full season. And you're seeing him get better and better. And you're seeing him impress despite just really underwhelming circumstances around him. Because, again, outside of Darnell Mooney doesn't have proven receivers. The offensive line was missing three starters. And, again, you know, he was sacked four times um, against the Cowboys. So, and he's still managing to impress. And that's the only thing that really matters this season. And I just like, I'm so excited to see what he can do with Claypool. I'm excited to see what happens this off season when you actually get some talent around him uh, and give him some time to throw the ball because he can throw the ball. That's the thing is, yes, he is an athletic quarterback and he really, he, you know, he's the third fastest quarterback in the NFL. And yes, he can kill defenses all day with his legs. But, you know, people forget, especially when he was at Ohio State, he could throw that ball. And especially he throws a really accurate and beautiful deep ball. And once you give him time to do that, man, look out because he's the whole he's the full package. Yeah, look out. Once we start getting, you know, more production in the passing game, uh, which, you know, we, we could expect to happen as you get talent around him and give him some help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be look out. I agree with you. Look out. I'm really high on fields right now. I mean you know, maybe the passing yardage numbers or whatever are, aren't there, but I mean, the efficiency was there against the Cowboys. His quarterback rating was 120. Uh, just didn't turn the ball over, was really efficient, really good. So, uh, and you know, the Bears were like kind of picking on Demarcus Lawrence, who's one of the best defensive players in football. And it's just like, I don't know. It was, it was really good stuff. I was really impressed. The, the last two weeks should leave you impressed. And the Justin Fields haters out there, I can't really hear you. I got you muted right now. I got you muted. I can't hear you because, again, Bill Belichick on the road, Dan Quinn and that Dallas Cowboys defense on the road uh, with all the talent and speed the Cowboys have. That was impressive. Even in a loss, that was impressive. So Fields continues to ascend. That's a good thing. And so what does that mean for this week? Uh, the Bears, four and a half point home dogs to Miami. Only four and a half point dogs, though, Alyssa, to a Miami team that just... It looks drastically different post-trade deadline than it did before, right? They just added Bradley Chubb. Uh, they are just freaking loaded all over the place. When you look at this Dolphins roster, from the they've got studs on the O-line, D-line, wide receiver, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Like, what? Get out of here. They got Jeff Wilson Jr. just for funsies from uh, San Francisco as well at the <laughs> deadline, right? They're just, they're just loaded. They got names all over their roster. Uh, on paper, they're going to be a problem. Uh, but the Bears are only four and a half point home dogs. What do you think about that spread in this matchup? Yeah, first off, I'd like to say how rude of the Dolphins to go out and trade for Bradley Chubb yeah, this when week? they're coming Come to on. town to face Justin Fields. That's not fair. <laughs> Poor Justin. Look out, Justin. Chubb's really good. Look out, Justin. But yeah, I was very shocked because, I mean, I've been behind on posts this week because of the whole trade deadline. So normally I do my my spread posts like on Tuesdays, but like I had to wait, I had to push it back a day because you know, Hey, the bears made some trades. Uh, and I looked at it today. I was like, wow, four and a half. Double <laughs> take. Like, yeah. I was shocked. <laughs> my first thought was, wow. I think it speaks to 
I guess the bear, I guess like the respect for Justin Fields and this Bears offense that might be getting into some shootouts for the rest of the year, which is not a word that we use very often. Uh, or I have not used very often as a Bears fan because <laughs> uh, normally it's all about the defense and the defense really, you know, keeping it, you know, those low scoring close games. But now you have an offense that is really starting to pick up steam. And now you add another playmaker, Chase Claypool and Fields is, you know, rolling. He has all this confidence. So, I mean, I think that that point spread really, I mean, even looking at the over under, you know, I think it was 45 and a half and normally it's like kind of like the low forties. I mean, I think it's kind of showing a little bit of confidence in this, this bears offense, at least that they're going to be able to score some points uh, and maybe keep it close. So, I mean, yeah, I was, I was, I was quite shocked by that. And I, I'm, I'm sure that might go up a little bit, but for now, I mean, I'm feeling good. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I like it. I think the arrow's pointing up a little bit on the bears offense because if Fields continues to play football like this, and, and he is playing great football the last couple of weeks, ever since that Washington game, I'm glad. We hit rock bottom in the Washington game, Alyssa, and it's, yeah. only, it's only gone up from there. That's good. Uh, you know, if he continues to play football like this, and now you add a weapon in Chase Claypool, who, again, is a real, legit NFL wide receiver, <laughs> which is, thank God. What, are, what is that, uh, Ryan? Thank I don't God. know what that is. <laughs> I mean, I haven't even brought up the Nikhil Harry touchdown, and I don't, I, I, I don't even have to. I, uh, I, no, no, we don't even have to go there. We just, it's, it's, a, mo- it's a moot point, Alyssa. And, but you still have, with that, your passing game looking better the last couple of weeks, your quarterback looking more comfortable and more confident. You just added Chase Claypool, and you still have this dominant, awesome, running attack you didn't trade away david montgomery right so you still have your running attack now you have this improving passing game so yeah i think the arrow's pointing up on the bears offense the question is defense i mean like we said it's eddie jackson it's it's jalen and it's like who else like who else we got on defense we're gonna find out some new aj klein you know we're gonna be fine so we're gonna be learning some new names and and people should definitely check out hopefully Alyssa. jack sanborn there I'm it hoping is jack sanborn the undrafted rookie out of wisconsin who had a very impressive preseason and i can't believe he wasn't drafted uh i think he was listed as roquan's backup uh at weak side linebacker so i'm really curious to see i mean i would assume he's gonna get the start there on sunday we'll see they're probably gonna rotate there but yeah i mean i think now that you, you're kind of trading away some of these big names, now we get to the evaluation part of the season, right? Yep. We still have nine games left where you're going to play these younger guys, see what you got in them, because winning's not, you know, the priority here. It's development. So, I mean, I'm excited. And also this game, you know, and like from the start, like as soon as I saw the schedule, they were playing the Dolphins and seeing what Miami has done for Tua Tagovailoa and surrounding him with the talent, getting you know, on the offensive line at receiver and also other moves that they're making on the roster. You know, the Dolphins, that's the situation that the Bears want to be. That, that's the franchise they want to be and follow that blueprint in the next year or two, right? You want to go out there, you have the young quarterback, surround him with the talent, really build that, build this team into a contender. So, I mean, it'll be nice to kind of, you know, kind of see like a before, I mean, a before and after. So maybe yeah. like the Bears look before like picture that. and then Dolphins in the after. Um, so I'm excited to see because, I mean, you have two exciting young quarterbacks in the league and Justin Fields and two attack of my lows. So it'll be really, I mean, like I said, shootout. I, again, that's not a word that's in my vocabulary <laughs> as a Bears fan and writer. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, maybe I'm like typing that word more. <laughs> I like that take. It's like you're seeing a roster that you want to become because when you, again, when you pull up the Dolphins depth chart, and I'm not going to bore you with it, but it's like and just freaking big name star players all over the place. Like 
Teron, Teron Armstead is like the best left tackle in the game. He's their left tackle. Tyreek Hill. It's like they just added Bradley Chubb. Xavier Howard. Like, just go down the list. They're freaking loaded over there. So, uh, yeah, just for, for fun, pull up the Dolphins depth chart sometime, Bears fans, and just check that thing out. And then hope that that's what the Bears become down the road when we have all these draft yeah. picks and all this cap space <laughs> starting in 2023, right? So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Time to time to exhale a little bit. There's a lot. There's a lot there. A lot in this show, Alyssa. A lot of, a lot of stuff to get to. I know you've been feverishly typing away, posting articles on Bears Wire. We haven't made an official pick here. I think I'm picking the Dolphins to cover this because I just need to see what what it looks like on defense without Roquan and Robert Smith. Uh, you know, I mean uh, Robert Quinn. I'm sorry. Um, I need to see what it looks like first. Um, and the Dolphins just have too much talent. Too much talent, but they did almost lose to the Lions last week. <laughs> so I'm like talking myself in circles. But I think, yeah, because of the uncertainty and the moving pieces, I think it's safer to pick the Dolphins this week, right? Yeah, I think I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover as well. You know, you kind of mentioned that, you know, I think the Lions should have beaten the Dolphins. And, close. You know, you look at Detroit and they have that offense. I mean, it was close. Detroit has like a high powered offense. I mean, at one point they were the highest scoring offense in the league through the first few weeks. So, I mean, the Bears offense is ascending. So we have to see, you know, can they get to that point where they're going to get into those close shootouts? I mean, it's going to take some time. Uh, We'll see playful plays on Sunday. I mean, I would imagine he would he would see some action out there. So that'd be fun. I mean, yeah, I think the Dolphins cover. I don't think it's a a blowout to the extent that the Cowboys game was. I don't know. But then again, Roquan's gone. So I really don't know what this defense is going to do. So, I mean, it'll be interesting because the Dolphins also have one of the better run defenses in the league. But the Bears are averaging almost 190 rushing yards a game, which is insane. And you have that trio of Herbert, Montgomery, and Fields and just what they can do and you know, Luke Getty, it's going to be a big game for him and for this entire offense. But yeah, I think I'd still take the Dolphins to cover because, you know, four and a half, yeah, no problem. It's a whole new team. It's a whole new team. So we'll be checking out what it looks like here starting this week. Looking forward to it. Make sure you're checking out Bears Wire. Uh, Alyssa's on there uh, doing just great stuff, her and her team. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, and, and thanks for joining the podcast. And, you know, Alyssa, are you, do you get to take a break here? What, what else are you working on for Bears Wire between now and kickoff? Yeah, we're going to have a whole bunch of preview stuff uh, for me and my great team over at Bears Wire. So, you know, check us out. Uh, there's plenty to sift through in case you missed any of the th- anything from the Roquan trade, the Claypool trade, or even Quinn, you know, if you scroll back far enough. So, yeah, we got you covered. And, you know, it should be an interesting week. It should be an interesting game. I'm really excited to see. I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm really excited now, which is weird. You yeah, know, just to, energy, to, yeah. I want to see what Justin yeah. Fields does next, yeah. right? And it's going to be fun. So, you know, check us out. We'll have, we, we're going to have all the field stuff covered, so don't worry. For Alyssa, I'm Ryan O'Leary again. Thanks for joining us. Hit subscribe if you haven't, and uh, we'll catch you next week to uh, talk about how the Bears look with Chase Claypool. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then. Bear down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.
just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.